Hey Cinemaholics, if you're a fan of the Annabelle and Conjuring movies, then we have a special treat for you this week. I recently spoke with Gary Doberman, writer and director of the new horror film Annabelle Comes Home, which hits theaters this week. Gary was also the screenwriter for the first Annabelle in 2014, along with Annabelle Creation and The Nun. He co-wrote It from 2017. He was the executive producer and co-writer for Swamp Thing, a new DC comic series on streaming. He's done a lot of awesome things, and so we were very honored to talk to him. I had a wonderful conversation with Gary about his new film, what went into making it, and even some real-life horror stories that have impacted him as a screenwriter and now director. Stay tuned for the last question, which you will find out something about this horror director that I definitely was surprised by, and it's pretty awesome. So without further ado... Here is our interview with Gary Doberman, director and writer of Annabelle Comes Home. All right. So, Gary, it is a big week for you. This isn't your first Annabelle movie, of course, but this is your directorial debut. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home. It's about to release this week. So how are you feeling? Nervous? Excited? Uh, Nervous, excited, (laughs) anxious, I think is the the word that trumps everything. Okay. Lots of emotions. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a knot of emotions perfect that's good that's good uh, i hope it does really well there's obviously a lot going on in all these films you've worked on within the conjuring franchise but what would you say just to kick things off what is the heart and soul of the annabelle movies if you can distill it down oh man the heart and soul of the annabelle movies mm-hmm. uh, i don't think it's unlike the conjuring movies i think you know ultimately the um, this is going to sound so trite, but good triumphs evil, but it's, all, but it's the belief in oneself. It's the belief in faith. It's the belief in, uh, you know, sort of, you know, that, w- that the good comes from within, uh, within us to, to vanquish the evil. But, you know, I think the heart and soul of the, you know, is really the doll. <laughs> so it's a black heart and a corrupted soul. You know, I think she's such a iconic presence on screen. And, you know, I think she's, she provides an opportunity to, um, really explore a kind of a limitless kinds of, scares that that we you know we 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 fully exploit with these movies absolutely Uh, i get very scared when i watch these movies just because of all the (laughs) spiritual warfare you put in there and you make it a little real but so speaking of annabelle you know we've seen this character in a few movies at this point so how did you even go about building or building upon the established lore or mythology of who annabelle is where she comes from and what she's capable of are there any new details audiences can expect to see well, the thing, I think, well, one of the new details, I guess, is, you know, although we've sort of teased it in the other movie, you know, she's this, she's this beacon for other spirits. I think she, she, much like a lightning rod or something, she attracts supernatural entities or supernatural occurrences. I, I, I that's probably a new wrinkle that, that we fully, we, we more exploit in this movie because, you know, what we wanted to build on is not go too deep into the mythology of the doll because we've done that before. Right. But on this one, we wanted to see what it was like to be in the presence of the doll or what other, you know, so when it's brought, when she's brought into the artifact room, what it does to the other evil artifacts in the room and, and what that means for them. And then another, but just to, I wanted to deepen the mythology of the Conjuring universe by also exploring Judy Warren and what it, what it was like to be the daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren and growing up in a house that had this artifact room in it. It was filled with all these sort of dangerous and, 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 and evil stuff. So 
So that was a way we sort of helped expand the mythology of the Conjuring universe while not necessarily going too deep on expanding the doll's sort of history or anything. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Judy Warren, and I know you've spoken with the Warren family a lot over the years and doing your research. And I know you've come across some really freakish stories from real life. So I want to know what is the most, one of at least one of the most frightening or unsettling real life stories you've come across so far? Oh my gosh. You mean in the Conjuring universe or just in general? Uh, just the Conjuring universe. We don't, uh, if we had more than a few minutes, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, you know, I, I but I, I think the ones we've, the ones that have frightened me are the ones that I've really, I've kind of, uh, we've explored in the movies or have established in the movies. Um, I think, um, you know, of course, the Brown family in the Conjuring universe, or Conjuring, the first Conjuring is one of the more famous, they're, they're one of the more famous cases that I really, um, I think was helped get the Warren sort of on the, you know, on people's radar and stuff. I really, so, so that, um, there's a couple of possession, um, a couple of possessions they've experienced that, like, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, but there was a guy who was possessed by the spirit of a werewolf that I find really kind of frightening, but also super, super fascinating. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that I have found frightening is the stuff that we've incorporated into these movies over the years. But just the broad idea that this stuff is out there, just that, that they've, they dedicated their lives to this kind of work and they were never, there was never a, uh, there was never a drought. You know, this stuff was always happening. It's not like they were hard up for business. Like there's always something for them to investigate, I think, you know, tells a certain kind of story, which I find really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the first Conjuring came out in 2013. Feels not that long ago for sure. But as someone who's been, you know, involved with these movies for a long time now, I mean, what would you personally like the future of this franchise to look like? You know, we were kind of talking about good versus evil and things like that. And I'm not saying this has to end anytime soon. But yeah, do you right. do you have any opinions about where this is leading? No, I mean, I don't think, you know, I, I hope it's heading in, a, in, in a, I guess, the quote unquote right direction. But I feel like we've been doing a lot of stuff that, that seems to be working. So I hope it continues. Mm -hmm. I think we have an opportunity with these other artifacts to explore some other types of subgenre. Like, I'd love to see a psychological thriller within the Conjuring universe. I'd love to see a, frankly, I'd love to see a slasher within the Conjuring universe. <laughs> you know, I think we can, I think, you know, there's things like that that I think would be fun to play around with, but I also don't want it to feel, I don't want it also to get away from the grounded and, uh, you know, the authentic place that we sort of, we, we've always tried to bring these movies where, where it should feel like this thing, like real, and it should feel, as I said, grounded. I don't want it to get so fucking bad insane or zany where it, it completely seems to like it negates everything that came before you know what i mean or it diminishes yeah. everything that's before i don't want it to get so outlandish i still want it to come from a place of of um like an authentic place yeah i can tell you it sounds like you want the expansions to feel natural and like they come that's from right like that. natural or organic yeah 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 exactly so yeah on that note i can imagine that as the writer of the film this is a little different because your script it, it's going to be impacted by the fact that you're making the final call as director right so yeah. how did you make sure that this process would be as up to your standards as possible knowing you have so much creative control how did i well i think because i have the benefit of surrounding myself with the right people i think this is you know making a movie is a collaborative experience and i 
and, and I didn't want, I didn't want anybody who wasn't up for the collaboration or who was going to be sort of that squeaky wheel, who's going to sort of, so I wanted a sense of playfulness because I think out of that sense of play come, can come some great things because you're, you're not, you're not thinking critically in your head so much as, as like, you know, it comes from a more pure place. So I was lucky to work with people like McKenna and Madison and Katie who were so collaborative and so thoughtful in their approach to character and to the story. And they can offer their own suggestions and being open to those suggestions is super important. The producers, Peter Safran, James Wan, of course, to have his ideas, incorporate them. And, you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to make a really entertaining and fun movie with hopefully some really scary sequences. And uh, that was that was my hope going in. And, and uh, hopefully we achieved that. But uh, but I, but I wanted to feel like a like a bit of a ride. And I think everybody I, I, I explained that to everybody really early on and they were all game. And, and so I think we were all shooting for the same goal, which is which is important when you're making these things. For sure, for sure. And, you know, one thing I can definitely notice is the sequel It feels very contained to one primary location. Yeah. The Warren House definitely reminds of like Halloween and The Shining and of course the other Conjuring films. So with one single location and all these demonic presences all in one place, I mean, what were some of the challenges or maybe opportunities to play around that playfulness you were talking about with like style and aesthetics and misdirection? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, we wanted to, you know, I guess a lot of the way, you know, I think one of the people or why people, you know, why Annabelle resonates with people, the doll herself is because it's taking something that's supposed to feel safe and secure and subverting it and making it feel dangerous and evil. Mm -hmm. And it's something we all have in our home. And with this movie, we had the advantage of taking something that's supposed to feel safe and secure, which is a house and specifically the Warren house and subverting that and making it haunted and evil. And I think that was a real opportunity. So while it's one location, it almost hopefully feels like two different locations once night falls and the artifact room really starts to infect um, the rest of the house. And then we had, you know, because we had a sense of, because we're on location, just from a production standpoint, we could really take advantage of the fact that like, if I had an idea, if I cut together a scene on the, over the weekend and saw like, oh my God, it'd be so great to pick up a shot here that I can, I had that advantage. We were still at the location. So I could go, we could, we could work it into the schedule and I could go pick up that shot that I wanted, which a lot of times you can't do when you're going on location from location, 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 because you know, you've already moved on. So, so it, it freed us up to be a little bit more. The conversation about a scene didn't have to stop once the scene was over. We could we could go back and revisit it. You know, if 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 we you know not as much maybe you know we still had to finish the rest of the movie and, and make our schedule. But if we could find the time, we could maybe plus what was something that 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 that, that we uh, we shot uh, a couple of days prior. You know, for sure, for sure. I have just one more question for you. A bit of a more fun one, I think. But watching your movies, I've always gotten the feeling, yeah, you love slasher movies and a lot of great old school horror flicks. So what's a movie? It could be recent. It could be old school. It could be a totally different genre. What's a movie you love that you wish more people would see? Oh, my gosh. Man, that's a tough one. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I tell you a TV show that I just finished watching that I absolutely love? Absolutely. But it doesn't really, yeah, it's not like a, but Cobra Kai, I just finished the first <laughs> season of that a couple days ago, and I fucking loved it. Like, I'm there is, from, from start, are you, okay, okay, good. So, you know, like, oh, yeah. from start to finish, I had such, it was such a joyful experience for me uh, that it was one of those, like, you know, where you get envious, you're not a part of that process, or you're not on that set, because it just looked like everybody was, again, everybody's working at the top of their game. They're all working for the same goal. And it just, for me, it just worked on every level. So I know that doesn't answer your question, but it's like, I, I, I and I know it's kind of out there in the circles and stuff, but I, I just, I, it's, it's, I'm a little late to it, but yeah. man, I loved it. So it's, it's just, that to me was, was, 
a really pleasurable experience watching that watching yeah, that show. Yeah. If you get the time, you should definitely look into the second season. It's just as good. No, as I'm gonna. Well, I can't wait to start. Yeah, I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. I can't wait to start because it it's ends good. on such a beautiful. Like it ends like holy. Shit, I can't wait to. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do this week is start getting into the second season. All right. Well, Gary, thank you so much for talking with us. I hope Thanks, we can John. chat again soon about what you're directing. Next. I hope so, man. I hope so, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right. That was our conversation with Gary Doberman. Had a blast talking to him, and we hope you did as well listening. So be sure to check out our next episode of Cinemaholics. We're going to be talking about Annabelle Comes Home and, of course, other new releases of the week. Stay tuned for the main show. And until then, we'll see you next time.